Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. your sitter. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Nikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You guys are listening to the Denver Stiffs podcast channel on the SB Nation podcast network. And it is now, what is it? It is Monday here uh, in Denver. We had a huge week for the Nuggets. Five games uh, in seven nights. Could have gone worse, could have gone better. Uh, we'll break it down. We'll First, we'll break down the first four with Mr. Mark Grimaldi, our chief moderator over at Denver Stiffs, and then we'll bring on Mr. Mike Olson for the second half, uh, talk about that Blazers game, and then the upcoming week for the Nuggets, as the grind does not stop, as we know, in the, the what I guess would be the uh, summer doldrums, basically, equivalent of that in baseball, you know, that's when everybody says it's that, really that grind period, this is it right now in basketball, in January, uh, all-star breaks on the horizon, but still not quite there, you got to get through this month. Uh, nuggets are grinding right through it so let's not delay anymore first of all let me welcome him in all the way from boulder it is as i said mark grimaldi mark what's happening how's it going zach uh thanks for having me it's exciting that the nuggets win 28 of their first you know 40-ish games and i get to come after the loss to the suns uh, but happy to be here <laughs> that's true that's true we waited until uh, right after a nice loss. Uh, let me ask you this right out of the gate, Mark. Uh, would you call it the worst loss of the season? So, I mean, obviously just looking at the standings, I think this is one that if it's close at the end of the year, the Nuggets fans are going to really want this one back. So in that sense, yes. But just given the amount of fatigue and injuries and, like you said, kind of the middle of the season and uh, five games and seven nights, with all of that piling up, I think it's more understandable than it looks on paper. So... So far, yes, I think it's the worst loss of the season since they've only lost something like 13 games. Um, but I could see if things aren't right. close at the end of the season, I could see people just kind of shrugging this one off. Yeah, I, I could definitely see it. Well, you know, and it, it's kind of the the uh, comparison I'll draw to here is is one that I think we're already have started to shrug off, which was when they lost to Atlanta in Atlanta. Right, that was uh, another. Right. Uh, garbage lottery team, you know, and, and but it was the kind of same scenario. I think that was the second game of a back-to-back. I think they were in Charlotte the day before. It was like a five-game road trip right at the end of it. Like, so you, you had all that schedule stuff working against you, and I think we already kind of like look back at that and we're like, eh, you know, right. but, uh, that, that sort of stuff happens. And I wonder if we won't look at this one the same way because, honestly, I thought I, – I wrote this when I wrote the preview. I said that I thought this was a trap game just because of, you know, you got these five games in seven nights. You are um, – 
you're about to go on, uh, I think, like a five-game homestand uh, that that starts off with you know Portland, your your biggest division rival, arguably. Uh, and then right after that, you got Golden State, of course, uh, everything that they bring to the table. So you know, it was very easy to overlook this one-game road trip down to Phoenix to play the Suns. Uh, so I wasn't surprised all that uh, all that much they lost. Still, it is a pretty it's a pretty bad loss though from the from the optics standpoint at least. Agreed. Uh, I think. But uh, let's go back. Let's go back to the first, the beginning of the weekend, the the first loss uh, that they had this week, which was against Houston in Houston. Again, that's one that I think everybody saw coming. Uh, it just seems that the Nuggets, anytime they play Houston, you automatically just assume that's going to be a loss, especially uh, if it is down in Houston, as was the case this time around. I mean, Mark, is there? I mean, what do they have to do? What is it? What is it that about Houston that the Nuggets just can't seem to get over? So, I mean, I think it's a combination of things. The obvious answer is James Harden, and I think that's accurate. Right. Um, he's, I mean, I'll pile on with everyone else who says I don't enjoy watching him play. Um, it's tough to watch. I don't like foul hunting, but there's no denying that he's believable. And so right. um, I, I definitely think that that's the big part of it. And then Capella pick and rolls are really hard for the Nuggets to stop. And then they shoot a lot of threes. And I was just listening to the Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons podcast recently, and they were talking about the Nuggets defense um, and how they don't quite buy that the Nuggets defense is as good as it has looked all year. And one of the reasons is because the Nuggets allow a lot of threes and a lot of shots at the rim, which is kind of Houston's bread and butter. Um, So, I mean, I think the matchup is tough for the Nuggets. And just strategy-wise, Maury Ball seems to be – obviously statistically the right way to go and also kind of the Nuggets Achilles heel on defense. Right. Well, when you think about it, the, the, the Nuggets, when you talk about uh, their defense, they don't have a, a ton of rim protection. I mean, I guess you got Mason Plumley, but that's really the only guy who makes, is going to make guys think twice uh, about attacking the rim. Paul Millsap provides uh, some rim protection in the sense that he's really good at getting his hands in there when a guy's driving into the lane uh, and disrupting that basically on the gather uh, is when Paul will get him. So it's kind of it, it helps to stop those those baskets uh, right at the right near the the rim, but it's um, it's not kind of traditional in that sense. And then the other thing, they I mean they don't especially with Gary Harris being out, they they don't have a ton of perimeter defense. Uh, you got Tory right. Craig, but. Yeah. The thing about Torrey Craig is, is he's he's a guy who who's got a ton. He's 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 a, an athletic dude. He's a strong guy. Uh, he puts out a ton of energy and effort. But I wouldn't necessarily say he's the greatest, uh, like situational defense, I guess, or or off ball defense. He's pretty good one on one defender, um, because of those those physical attributes and and the the, the toughness and energy he has. But uh, he, I wouldn't say he's he's necessarily a all star type defender. Uh, because I don't think he's that great off ball, and so when you have a team like Houston who's going to run run basically either the pick and roll or they're going to run something off ball, some sort of screening there, which I mean basically is what everybody in the NBA is doing now, but Houston has just perfected it. Um, that's just going to give the Nuggets a ton of trouble. And the other thing that we know the Nuggets really struggle with, and they've been, but they have been better this season, and I think that's one of the biggest changes in their defense. Um, but that they classically have struggled with is, is defending the pick and roll, particularly uh, when Nikola Jokic is put into that action on the defensive end. And and Houston being the team that is so good at getting the matchup that they want, usually through. Uh, a pick and roll and getting that switch. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna basically put Jokic in that in that spot, and he's gonna have to make a choice one way or the other. He's either a going to have to take the switch. And now you've got a guy like James Harden, 
uh, one of the best step-back shooters the league has ever seen, arguably, arguably the best step-back shooter the league has ever seen, matched up against the slow-footed uh, center. That's that's a recipe for disaster. Or, you know, Jokic can try and hedge and then get back, but he's trying to recover against Clint Capella, who's one of the most athletic and fastest centers in the league, uh, who's one of the best role men in the pick-and-roll as well. It, it's just, it's really hard when you've got Jokic to try and, I think, uh, beat that beat that pick and roll either way, and and that that I think is the biggest the biggest challenge with Houston, and, and I think I think that, to be honest, some of it I think at this point is mental. I think that the, this team has got you know the Nuggets are our team. I would say has a lot of swagger, but I don't think you can ever think of any time they you can really say that um, against Houston. In Houston, they've always seemed to kind of be just downtrodden uh, and just take their take their beating and go home. So yeah, I think uh, I, I think don't think I would totally do right. the hump though. Yeah. Um... No, I think you're totally right about the mental aspect. I think when a team just has your number that many times in a row, it gets in your head. And I also think we right. see the Nuggets, particularly Nikola Jokic, being somebody who complains to the refs a fair amount. And I think that the Houston games just get really frustrating for the Nuggets. I think they have a hard time dealing with the foul calls and calls not going their way. And so I think between right. Houston just kind of classically dominating the Nuggets and then them feeling like, or at least it looks like they feel like things aren't going their way in game. I think that all just kind of piles up. Yep, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I think it's a, that's a good way to put it. All right, let's move on. Let's get to the uh, the next game that followed up, that which was the uh, Miami Heat bounce back. Uh, a game that you definitely could have seen the Nuggets losing on this, based on the schedule, right? I mean, you play back-to-back games at Houston, at Miami. Uh, you're getting into Miami uh, late. At night, you lose an hour because of the time change as well. Uh, you know, I mean, they probably didn't even get to bed till like four in the morning, uh, which maybe is a good thing when you're actually at Miami. You're one game at Miami, right? There's no, there's no time to go out if you're getting in at four a.m. <laughs> right. Uh, so maybe that worked to their benefit. But um, the Nuggets, they 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 bounce back, right? They bounce back big time. They they could have lost that game. Uh, of course, Jokic has the uh, the monster triple double that night. He also has the two the two shots right at the end. Both of them like look like they were more almost like it was. Well, one looked like he was trying to draw the foul, uh, and then the second one basically was like desperation because the clock was running out, uh, and they both just end up being these like rainbow floaters, uh, and they and they and they end up falling. We I think we even saw this in the Phoenix game last night, Mark, where where Jokic the when the Nuggets looked like they might just have that one last gasp. Uh, push. It was Jokic who basically had the the six straight points uh, to to get that run going. I mean, we always talk about Jamal Murray as as sort of the closer for this team, the guy you're going to look to in the in the final moments. But uh, I mean, should it be should it be Jokic instead? So I I think yes um, is the simple answer. I mean, he's the best player on the team. He's extremely efficient. He takes high percentage shots, even when they're tough shots. He converts at a high rate. But I think that the best thing moving forward for the Nuggets would almost be if you look at like a LeBron James team, um, the ball is always in his hands at the end of the game. Oftentimes he takes the shot, but right. earlier in his career, he actually you know took a lot of flack for the fact that he would pass and set up teammates for that final shot, uh, which originally people would say he wasn't clutch. Um, but I think people have just come to understand he's just a phenomenal playmaker. 
And so I think if the Nuggets put the ball in Murray's, I'm sorry, in Jokic's hands and either let him take a high percentage shot that we know he can convert or force the defense to collapse on him and then maybe set someone up like Murray for an easy bucket instead of making one of our guards create their own shot. I think that's really the best scenario for the Nuggets. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. It's it's more about just making sure that you're running everything through him and he's he's a good enough player that you let him make that choice uh, whether or not he's going to, you know, take the shot himself or or pass it off to someone who's open. We've seen him be effective uh, both ways. And you've got a guy like uh, a Jamal Murray who, who you know you can also count on to hit those big shots, a guy like a Will Barton. Uh, who's who's back now, and, and uh, as we've seen Gary Harris, right, um, we've seen him knock down uh, big shots in the clutch moment. So I, I, I don't necessarily know that you need that classic sense uh, for Jokic to be the guy who just is just shooting every single time down uh, in the last five minutes of the game. We know he's got that in him. I think, like I said, we saw that uh, a little bit this week. I think we saw it, you go back to last year against, uh, particularly that last game of the year against the Timberwolves where he pretty much carried the team in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, and almost had the win there. You 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 know that he's got that, but you don't need him to just shoot the ball because you know of all the other stuff that he's got, everything else that he brings to the table. And sometimes uh, it's gonna there's gonna be a better shot for someone else, and you just gotta trust that Jokic uh, is gonna find that. So I agree, get the ball into his hands, uh, but not necessarily um, make him shoot it. Would be the way to go. All right, well, let's, let's move. Let's keep going forward then. Uh, the next up for the Nuggets, of course, then so they follow up that win against Miami. Then Jokic follows it up uh, with the performance with back, back, back-to-back triple doubles, getting the win against the Clippers. Of course, we saw the – everybody saw the, the highlight play um, with Jokic getting that, that, that full-length court pass pretty much right out of the rebound mark i mean real quick i want to i want to get your opinion on this is that would you have to say that's got to be the the front runner for assist of the year right now across the entire nba it's the best one i've seen um it's less of almost you know a trick pass than the look offs he does or some of the sling passes but i watched that replay i, I think probably six or seven times and he catches it one-handed turns and is immediately firing. He's in the throwing motion kind of from the moment he turns his body. I don't even know how he knew that anyone would be open down court. I mean, there's a chance that Murray was going to be covered. And then he just delivers that pass right on the money in stride. So Murray can just lay it up. I mean, I I just thought it was unbelievable. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's like one of those things when you're looking at it, because you're right. I mean, the moment from the moment that ball hits his hand, on the rebound, he is turning with with the looks like the intention of throwing that ball. So you have to really, you know, you have to think that he's thinking, okay, in his head when that shot goes up, that he he's recognizes this is a three pointer, uh, that it, and if it doesn't go down, uh, my guys are likely streaking. My I'm probably got a guard uh, streaking down the other end, and and credit to Jamal for for being on that same wavelength uh, as well. Uh, to to do that and then it's like so it's like he 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 rebounded with that intent of doing that and then the minute the the very or the very second that he saw yet yeah, that Jamal was running he just he flung it down there uh, and it's funny is you know we saw we saw Jokic try that a lot when he was younger uh, and it was in his like first and second season and it was and he missed a lot of the time got a lot of turnovers on that on that type of pass but it was it was like one of those things where you could tell he was trying to figure out whether or not he he could pull it off. 
Uh, and now, now in his fourth season, it seems like he's finally honed that into where he's he's putting that in. I will say this though, uh, Mark, and I don't know if you agree, but uh, there may may have been a travel, a slight travel on on Jamal Murray's part there. I think I'm pretty sure I saw at least three steps uh, with that on that. End. But but who's gonna call that, right? Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I actually didn't count the steps. I think I've just been so wowed with the pass that I was just happy he finished and didn't look. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to bury my head on this one and not count the steps because I really like that play. There you go. All right. All right. I like it. I like the way uh, way you roll there, Mark. Um, the other guy who has the big night that night is uh, Torrey Craig, right? He ends up what, with 16 rebounds, I think six offensive uh, rebounds on that one. Coach called him the MVP of the game, which, you know, it was such a – it was like a, that was just classic coach right there. <laughs> Of course, the guy's like, oh, he got six offensive rebounds. I know this other guy got a triple-double, but he got six offensive rebounds. That's that's my MVP. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very, very grindy, uh, just like the way Coach likes it. But, uh, you know, I mean, he was he was a big part. And I got to say, you know, Craig fell out. Of, so he fell out of the rotation early on. Um before Gary Harris got hurt, and then and then once of course Gary went out, they they had to bring him back. But if you remember when when Will went out, uh, they well okay. So originally the story was that Troy Craig, Malik Beasley, Wancho uh, Hernan Gomez, coach was going to kind of use these guys as per the matchups. Then of course Will Barton gets hurt the second game of the season, and so that kind of goes out the window. Uh, Tory Craig is the starter to to begin with, but the teams are basically abandoning him at the three point line. Uh, the Nuggets' offense is super clunky. They lose like what six of seven games. Uh, they switch it and they they bring in Wancho, uh, and, and then Craig has kind of been he was out of the rotation again. Uh, but then Gary Harris goes out now. Uh, now he's you know he's back in and, and so it's been this kind of weird thing where he's been consistent but it always was would look like he was on the edge of not being in the rotation if everyone was healthy um what do you think mark now that now that we're seeing will barton get back you expect gary harris shouldn't be out too much longer uh is there a spot for gary harris or for tory craig in this rotation or is he going to be in the outside looking in so what i like to see is him be a kind of end of the rotation guy who plays some spot minutes um i mean you can count on some things with tory craig he's always going to hustle he gives a ton of effort he hunts offensive rebounds pretty well i think i agree with what you said earlier that he's a good on-ball defender i think his off-ball defense might be a little exaggerated um but he's pretty good on ball but his shot is just so streaky. I mean, there's some games where right. he's hitting the three and it changes the whole offense. But then the games where people are allowed to just play off of him and clog the lane are just so problematic for the rest of the offense that I kind of think you bring him in for spot minutes. If his shot is hitting that day, maybe you ride the hot hand and give him some more minutes. Um, but with the way Malik Beasley has been playing this year, who was a guy that I had basically all but given up on in the offseason and was totally wrong, um, with the way he's playing, I don't see how you give him minutes over Tory Craig minutes over Beasley. And even though Wancho's been in a bit of a slump, maybe a little bit injured lately, like you said earlier, when they finally went to him um, and changed the lineup, the Nuggets immediately started winning because he has that gravity and the spacing opens up. So I, I don't think he should get minutes over Wancho or Beasley, um, which I like Tory Craig, so I don't, I won't enjoy seeing him not get minutes. But I just think that the offense flows so much better with shooters out there. Right, yeah, I, I tend to agree, especially on those the points about uh, Beasley. I mean, you can't 
And I was totally with you. I, I kind of had written Malik Beasley off. I thought he wasn't going to do much this season. I, I thought maybe perhaps he's even a guy uh, the Nuggets might decline his fourth year option and then uh, you know just let him let him go at the end of the year. But he he has stepped up uh, bigger than I think anybody out of out of the kind of that those guys you were thinking were fighting for those last rotation spots to the point where where you look at him right now and and you wonder okay is this guy you know. Where is his long-term fit with this team? Because here's yet another another shooting guard uh, that that is that is a showing out for them, and, and he's a young guy. So you kind of look at okay, is Malik Beasley now the sixth man of the year, or they're not the sixth man of the year, but sixth man of the, of the future for 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 this team? Is he a guy who you maybe see starting some point and 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 moving on from a from a Will Barton or a Gary Harris? You know. He's a guy that you really want to find out how good is he because I think he's shown that he's definitely good enough uh, to be an everyday player. So there's there's I don't think there's any way you could you could replace him with Torrey Craig. Wancho's a bit interesting whether it's injuries or is he is he in the coach's doghouse? Uh, you know, is he? I don't. I think it's probably the 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 former rather than the latter um, from everything we've heard. You know, but where is he gonna? Where is he going to shake out? Can he find that 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 fire? I guess because he was really shooting well uh, in in the month of November it was it was a big part of, of what the Nuggets were doing, kind of like how Beasley is now. Um, but the other guy I think in this conversation is, is Trey Lyles because Wancho is big enough to play the power forward, so you can slide him uh, over into Trey Li- Trey Lyles' minutes. And then maybe do you open up minutes for Torrey Craig at the small forward spot uh, with, along with me, Malik Beasley, you know, letting those guys kind of fill there. That is something I think uh, the Nuggets might look into. It's what, I mean, if, if I were the coach, it's probably the direction I would go. Just because I think I, I think Torrey gives you something that, that not a lot of players on your team can give you, which is that stingy on-ball defense at the perimeter. We've seen him play excellent D against like guys uh, like, you know, a Wessel Brett. Russell Westbrook or a, uh, a Kimba Walker. What is that? That's like the, what is that? Like a New Jersey accent when they say their R's like W's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder how they say Russell Westbrook over there. We're going East coast on the pot. All the there you go. That's right. That's right. We're covering all sides uh, of the country here. No, but uh, you know, you, you've got that, that, that ability of Troy Craig and you don't really have a lot of guys on your team who you can do that with. Maybe Gary Harris, uh, but that's pretty much it, right? That, that's your only other uh, on-ball perimeter defender that you, you can trust on a, a high-caliber player. Whereas Trey Lyles, I mean, he offers you essentially a stretch four. Like, uh, Torrey Craig, or not Torrey Craig, Juancho Hernan Gomez offers you the exact same thing. Uh, you've got Tyler Lydon just sitting on your bench who's not even doing anything, who offers the exact same thing. I mean, there's there's plenty of guys uh, who can do that and, and, and play that role for you. You can bring in uh, Plumlee and play him next to Jokic, and, and then Jokic is a stretch four. You can have Paul Millsap can stretch the floor. You know, there's, there's lots of guys who give you that, uh, what Trey Lyles gives you. So to me, I would rather see... You know, Wancho, Wancho or Trey, whichever one. I guess that would be to me. That would be more of the battle than than uh, than Tori against Wancho or against Malik Beasley. Um, and I would probably go with I would probably go with Tori over over Trey Lyles would basically be the uh, the way Tori and Wancho. So um, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, now with Will Barton getting healthy, um, we'll have to we'll have to see how it shakes out. Let me ask you this, Mark. I mean, what did you think? Will was back. His first game back against Phoenix, he was, what, out second game of the season, went out against Phoenix, hasn't played for over two months. Um, he looked rusty to me. Was was that kind of your takeaway as well? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I was really just happy to see him get on the court. Um, it was nice to see him playing, but absolutely. He looked like a guy who had a ton of ring rust he had to shake off, which right. I think is expected. I mean, anybody who's played sports knows that especially the finesse parts of the game and the speed and the timing are tough to come back from when you've been gone for a while. And he's missed essentially the entire season. Um, right. So I, I think it's fine. I think it'd be shocking if he had come out and looked like the Will Barton from games one and two, that, that would have been pretty mind blowing. So I think anybody who didn't expect him to have some rust um, was being unrealistic. And I think this is just something we should all expect and hope that he gets back to full strength soon. Right. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to take a few games, especially for a guy like that, who's been out as long as he has also has never really gone through uh, any sort of surgery like this, where he's missed an extended period of time. I mean, Will Barton's been a pretty, um, pretty healthy guy throughout his entire career. So this is this is sort of a new thing for for him. And that's kind of one thing that I thought I noticed uh, against Phoenix, at least from an outsider perspective, is it seemed like he was maybe a little hesitant to just go full speed, you know, because it was his first game back after the surgery and everything, and he wanted to make sure, okay, you know, uh, you know, you can, no matter how much practice you do, you can't simulate. Uh, a live game so it seemed like he was a little bit uh, hesitant on that point to just try and feel out the game instead of instead of dictating it oh like like will is so good at doing um you know he he was more of just kind of being more passive i think which which is which is totally understandable uh and, and to be expected and, and he shot what two of ten i think that that is probably to be expected as well i mean the guy is gonna have some rust from not playing uh, for two months, like you said. So uh, I, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, one thing um, you had mentioned that he was kind of deferring and being a little more passive instead of directing the game. I was talking to a guy after the game who's been a longtime Nuggets fan and, you know, I, I trust his basketball opinions. And he was really saying that he was hoping that Barton would get put into the starting lineup um, sooner rather than later, even though Beasley was playing so well, which kind of surprised me. But he pointed out that Barton and Murray have played together. They can play well together. Beasley just needs somebody to set them up. But he thought it could be problematic for Monte Morris playing with Barton in the second unit. Because once Barton gets back to full strength, he does like to you know take control of the offense a little bit. Not even right. in a bad way. He's very good at it. But that Monte off ball seems to lose some of his ability to you know direct the flow of the offense and direct traffic. Um, and I hadn't really thought about that with how rusty Barton looked. But... The more I think about it, I think that second unit runs really well going through Monte. Um, so I think I agree with him that even if there's some rust, as long as he's healthy, I think getting him back and getting the starters playing together and just getting those lineups and rotations down to what we'll need later, I think is really smart. Yeah, no, that is actually a, that is a great point because uh, you're 100% right or your friend's 100% right. I mean, Monte, too, is a, he's such a classic point guard that they, you've got to play such more of a kind of a classic style of offense uh, with him running it, and and that's not not really necessarily where Will Will shines uh, either, right? He's more of a free flowing guy, and he's also more of a guy who you know can pick and choose his spots to when he wants to do isolation, uh, and that, that's it's a lot more conducive to do that uh, when you've got Jokic in there because a uh, Jokic is going to uh, get you get you the ball in good spots to either shoot or in Barton's case, you know, put the ball on the floor and, and drive to the rim. You still get get better setups when you've got Jokic in there for that. And and he also keeps the lane a little more clear. Um and he's willing to defer to to Barton. Not not saying that Monty Morris doesn't. I just don't think that Monty Morris really uh knows how to work, like you said, off ball. Um 
the way the way that Will can or the way that Jokic can uh, while while Will is on ball. So right. um, that's a really good point. That is actually quite quite good. We'll have to have your uh, we'll have to have your friend on one of these days. To see what <laughs> other insights he has for the pickaxe pundits. Yeah, it's All right, we'll tell you what. I don't want to bring up a friend's opinion, and now I'm replaced. <laughs> that's right that's right well, we won't be talking to Mark anymore but his friend will be on next week <laughs> alright we'll tell you what we'll uh, we'll wrap up this segment we'll go ahead and we'll hit the break uh, and then when we come back we'll have Mr. Mike Olson on and we'll talk about that Blazers game and then we'll look ahead to this homestand but uh, before we're at the break Mark appreciate you being on sir yeah thanks for having me it was a lot of fun alright everybody stick around we'll be right back all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical ZachBiazDeverSniffs.com. We spent the first half wrapping up those first four games in this five games and seven nights uh, stretch. We had Mark Grimaldi on to go through all of those up into that Suns loss. Now we are going to, first well, first we're going to get to that win over the Trailblazers just uh, just moments ago, we finished watching that one, and then we'll look forward to the upcoming homestand with the Warriors, uh, Bulls, and Cavs, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about the All-Star game if we've got some time at the end. So, to do that with me for the second half of the show, I have brought in all the way out from Los Angeles, California, it is Mr. Mike Olson. Mike, what's happening? Hey, Brother Zach. I am well. How are you, my friend? I, uh, you know, I can't complain. I am... Um, you know, if anybody's wondering, I, I actually went through that whole rundown of what we're going to do in the second half of the show for Mike's benefit because he just was like, I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, they're like, they're like, yeah, we listened to the first half. Why, why are you doing this? And I'm, and thank God. I, I would have never known where we were picking up. I appreciate it. Right. 
Make sure we pull, <laughs> we pull back all the the uh, behind the scenes here at yeah the, nothing sure what everybody know what no no mysteries on. here at the Pickaxe <laughs> Pundit Show <laughs> no magic <laughs> in the radio um, but no yeah so that uh, we're recording this just pretty much right after that Blazers game so the Nuggets uh, end up getting that one in the in a close one what was the final score was it like one hundred three one hundred one or something like that um it was oh my goodness yeah that's it was by three so good grief. 116 we, 113 we squeaked it out yeah 116 to 113 it was um a little a little pressure packed on this one i uh, what a what a fun ending for this game but man um i'm i'm getting older by game by game this is getting crazy it is we were just talking before you before we started recording you know how this team went once again though they seem to show that resilience uh, and get the win. I, I, that was the thing is I didn't feel uh, I didn't feel too stressed on this one. Nope. You know, I, a little bit. I was a little bit concerned because I was like, well, it is the second night of the back to back, so hopefully they've got enough uh, enough juice to get through through to the end. And they ended up uh, they ended up having enough. They got, of course, get that big run in the third quarter to kind of kind of seize seize the lead there, and then they hold on uh late in the game uh but but i mean mike it's come down to this point where now with this team you know every time you see them game in game out in in a close game situation uh you pretty much have got faith that they're gonna they're gonna find a way to get it done exactly right i i feel the same way and it's it's been really interesting with them because you know they really they they've spent so much time um you know last couple seasons just barely not being able to get over this hump and and to watch it this season where time and again in close game after close game they're finding a way and and you know um i i know a lot of people are talking about their lack of playoff experience but you have to wonder if this won't at least be of some help to them when they do get to the playoffs just in the you know it it feels to me a lot like the nuggets have been playing playoff basketball since the day they stepped out on the court for for the first game Right. There, there certainly is a um, a business like approach, I guess, to it. Now they don't, uh, you know, they don't seem to to make too many mistakes in in the clutch moments. They they just kind of execute. You know, they don't have a ton of uh, hero performances. I mean, Jamal Murray's had some big big moments, and Jokic, of course, had some big moments that he did tonight. But um, they just kind of go about playing their game. And and they they tighten up on the mistakes, they tighten up on the defense, and and they they, they just you know they they squeak out these wins, uh, time and again against against quality teams like the Blazers, who are who are arguably you know one of the hottest hottest teams of the season. Jokic, of course, has another huge performance uh, with his with his what did he get forty points, near triple double. I think he had ten rebounds, maybe eight assists. That's right. Uh, Mike, I and, mean, and undefeated in the division going into the second half of the season. Who, who to thunk? You know, I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal. With with uh, however pressure packed this ends up getting, we have definitely put a lot of the cards in our favor. We should be rolling downhill in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great point too. And the the uh, and Jokic said after the game, he said that that was you know that was one of their their biggest goals uh, of the season was really the second goal. First goal is make the playoffs. Second goal, I think, basically what he was saying was win the division. Uh, and so you know, win these division games is obviously important. Does it does it give you, I guess, like an extra boost of confidence that they're six and zero now against the Northwest? It really does, and I think I, I'd have to go back and take a look, but I think this also makes Portland, I believe, two and six in the division, which was a bit of a shock to me, given that they're fourth in the West. 
um, they're they're kind of struggling against other teams in the division. So, yeah, it was it was ripe and and glad we took it. You know. Yeah, I mean, so I, when when the, kind of going off what Jokic said there, the 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 goal I think everybody and fans included was like, okay, we need to make the playoffs this season. Enough is enough. Uh, right. We we've been right there on the cusp two years in a row. We we need to make make it into the postseason. But I think that was kind of pretty much that was the bar for success, right? Everybody considers this year, at least at the beginning of the year, if we if we make it into the playoffs, you know, that's fine. We we don't want to necessarily squeak in as an eight seed, but even if that's the, how they got in, um, that would still be a, a sign of improvement. Now now with the where the Nuggets are at, and they've the way they've they've come out this first half of the season, you know, I think most people would say, "Hey, if you squeaked into the playoffs at this point, it would be a disappointment." Because that I means you probably had a pretty, a pretty poor second half of the year. I mean, do you look? I guess I, should we kind of look now at the season uh, as the, as the benchmark for success is is basically winning this division. I mean, you 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 make a great point. You'd have to think that at this point, not only you know. Uh, you know, percentage points ahead to be number one in the West, but obviously, you know, um, with that leading our division and undefeated in our division, um, if if we don't end up winning the division at the end of this with as many games as we've already put under our belt this way, yeah, I'd have to say that'd be a huge, uh, pretty precipitous drop, actually. I think, you know, if, if you're asking just for me, Zach, um, yeah, it'd be a disappointment if we didn't win the division at this point. And I think it would be a disappointment if we didn't at least keep home court advantage, you know, right. uh, going into the playoffs, right? For me, those, and, and that has, that's absolutely reset expectations from the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the season, you, you wouldn't have heard that kind of noise from me. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we started the second half and we've, we've led the West for over, for over a month. Yeah. I think it's time for expectations to be reset yeah absolutely i mean and and we're now you know like we said we're now going into the second half uh, of the season and you're three games up on on the thunder right now so that's you know that's a a, a decent obviously three games in, in in with 40 uh what do they still have i guess they still have 40 games left to play uh so there's it's not a a big leave by any any means, but it is when you, if you when you put it that way at this point, you would have to say, okay, yeah, there's not only are you in first, you've actually got like a tiny cushion uh, under your belt as well. You've got to at this point say that that that's got to be the goal. And, and and if they don't win the division, I I would agree with you. Like, yeah, absolutely, at least have to get home court advantage because you could see how that would happen because the Blazers and the Thunder uh, are right there with with the Nuggets and of course the Rockets. Are, are climbing up as well to try and maybe bump them out uh, of of getting getting that that you know I guess top top three seed, but they they <clears throat> they have to. You, that's really their competition at this point. I don't I don't know that the Clippers are going to still be there uh, or the Spurs. So you really you really have to uh, get that that home court advantage. I think at this point, or otherwise you're looking at it as you you probably didn't finish out. Uh, the second half of the year, as as well as you had hoped, oh, unless uh, all these teams, I guess, just go on a crazy run. Which I think, 
I think that's totally fair. I think I think you're dead on, and and those I, I think those are well set expectations, and and that is you know you're right. That's very possible um, that that it could be that those teams do go on a crazy run, and and you know altitude that showed I think uh, you know that fourth quarter, you know the Nuggets have still an uphill climb. It's a it's a tougher second half of the season for them than the first half was, and and um, you know at least they should be healthier for that half of the season, but they've still got a lot of things to figure out just in you know Frank. And steining some of those parts back together so it's right. uh there's there's no <clears throat> gimmies going into any of this and, and the sun sure proved that last night right i mean there's yeah. there's nothing to be given to the nuggets the rest of this season and everything that comes for them um they're they're gonna have to go take it because because it's only going to get harder from here right yeah and hey you just went through this five games and uh seven nights stretch and uh you did pretty well right i mean they went what you know you go with three and two so yeah. Uh, not not a bad, not definitely acceptable. I think uh, you probably would have liked to have gone four and one, not drop that game to Phoenix, but uh, it right. is what it is. But you know the um, there, there there's really no rest for them because now you get the Golden State Warriors are in here on Tuesday night, and it's uh, it's just one one thing after another. And with you know the thing about it is now is it would be it would be a catastrophic failure to go to to fall out of the playoffs entirely. Um, oh, oh man yeah you know, they're well, they're i mean they're and they're like seven games up on utah right now so uh, that would well be... i mean let me let me put it to you this way um when is the last time you were this excited about a denver nuggets team it's got to be 2013 right, right? that's when they I, went I, 57 I, games i think so too and and so you've got between between that team you know the western conference finals team um you know the the team you go back the 93 94 i mean i'm just thinking about all of my favorite teams and and this is already right up there with with all of those as far as um you know just favorite memories uh to fall out of the playoffs from here over the second half of the season yeah would be one of the more uh catastrophic things i could imagine from just a you know how how i how i love this team type of a thing yeah it'd be huge to to have something that bad happen right that's the uh man and that's the thing too is it's oh it, the nug life you're just waiting for it it's, gonna <laughs> it's, it's not it's not happening this year not this year right. man nope, um, this is, yeah. you know you know one of my other favorite this is a brief tangent one of my other favorite teams that nobody ever talks about because it uh it went nowhere was but uh the year they traded for alan iverson and they went. They played the Spurs that year in the, in the playoffs and got you know. Of course, it just like they did the last time they played the Spurs, they they come out in Game One in San Antonio uh, and get the win. And you know you're thinking, all right, and this is. But you're like, this time it's different. This time we've got Allen Iverson. My my memories of that team, and I, I did. It's true. I did love that team. Um, are that. For a little while there, you had AI and Mello trading the one and two spots for leading scorers in the league. Right, um, and and that that was the last time that had happened. Actually, on a single team was actually um, English and Kiki on the Nuggets, um, and it was that was really cool uh, for a little while, just because of of the comparison that way. But. Um, I, it, you know, you just, it, it got a little too uh, ball centric uh, with those two, but uh, yeah, it's, it was, it was fun. Um, the, that was, that was prime thuggets territory for sure. You know, that was, that was a good time. So it just, it just goes to show you too, you, uh, you, even when you have uh, a team that you're really excited about in the, in the regular season, they end up 
Uh, they can still fizzle out in the playoffs. Oh, yep. Really that quickly. Can, so yeah, it really happened quickly. Right. That's we saw that the, the 2013 team. Good example of that. Um, yeah. All right. Let's let's let rein this thing back in. I don't know how we got off onto the. Uh, it's it's me, buddy. You you know that's gonna happen. <laughs> I I apologize, everyone. My 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 bet my bet. No worries. <laughs> no worries. Uh, but no, so like I was saying, we got the Warriors coming in here on on Tuesday night. Um, Nuggets, Nuggets, you know they they've they've beaten the Warriors more often than not in the uh, in recent history, Mike. I mean, I mean, how? So, I mean, should should they be confident? Do you think do you think fans and and the team should go into this game expecting to win? It is a home game, and and like I said, I think they're you know they're probably something like like four and two uh, against the Warriors in the past six or so games they played. You know, I think I think here I'm going to co-opt something that um, Scott Hastings kind of hammered into me when he and I talked um, before the season started here about the games that they're going to need to win, where they're just going to need to score. You know, I'm I'm not saying that they don't need to play um, a lot more solid defense than they have been, and and it's good to see the defense, you know, resolidifying again. Um, but I think this is one of those games where, um, you know, I you can't. You can't have at least the Jamal Murray of last night, um, you know, let alone of, of maybe the first half today. Um, you're going to need um, to to see Wancho heat up a little bit or somebody else heat up a little bit. Um, it's It's been nice to see Malik right. um, be a consistent contributor. But, yeah, we're going to. We're going to need more than than Joker in you know Tuesday night to to make this happen. And if they can get that scoring going, um, yeah, I think I think we are persistently hard to beat. So um, to me, that's that's going to be my biggest key is whether or not we can get one more consistent scorer in the fold um, that night. If we can, I think we're going to give them a really tough time. Right, that's what I think as well. I mean, I think it's going to be. Uh, mainly the bench too is where you're gonna need it. You know, if you can get Jokic and Murray going, you know that they'll at least be able to help keep pace uh, with with Golden State and their starters. Uh, and if you get a couple of guys chipping in, whether it's Millsap or Malik, uh, if Malik is starting, you know maybe Tory Craig is knocking down his threes. You get something like that going, I think they're fine. But then then when it goes to the bench, that's really when the Nuggets have got got to, I think get there. They, to take their moment and, and try and kind of uh, build their leads if they're going to win this thing. And, and really the guy I'm hoping that that'll help him out is assuming that he'll probably still be coming off the bench will be Will Barton. Uh, you know, he, he's back now is we saw his second game back. He looked a little bit better. I think uh, tonight against, against the Blazers than against the Suns. He looked a little less tentative, uh, but, but you can tell, tell he's still working his way back, but you want to see him kind of, you know, get, get going. And I think he could be the X factor against the Warriors here just because they don't really have uh, uh, somebody who can match him coming off of their bench, you know. So maybe, I mean, maybe on really, Iguodala, but that's, uh, you know, that, that's basically it. Yeah, it's a really, actually, it's a great, great point. Um, you know, Will, and, and that's somebody I hadn't really considered just as he's coming back, but these these first two games back, um, it's it's funny his his sort of herky jerky game um, makes it look like he's kind of finding his way uh, sometimes, but then you know all of that stuff just starts to fall, and and what better time than three games in against the world champs? I I, I really love this idea, Zach. That would be pretty pretty damn fine actually if that's the way that works out. Right, that would uh, that would be I guess the the, the story big yeah uh, ending of it. Um, but otherwise. <laughs> 
I mean, you know, the the thing is, is they they should still definitely be confident. It's uh, they're nice. That they're they're getting they're getting them back, uh, or they're getting them before Demarcus Cousins comes back. So, um, you should look you should look to Jokic, uh, to have another big game as he's he's tend to tend to have against the the Warriors. And then if as long as like you said, I think if they get some other players, uh, to to step up, though they should be uh, they should be just fine there against Golden State, or at least at least have a good a good chance of, of winning that game. Would you, Mike? Would no. you say they they? Do you feel like they should be favored in this matchup? Um, whew. favored against the Warriors. Um, you know, actually, yeah, I do. But this uh, this feels like uh, one of my big you know popcorn games of the season. I'm I'm this is this is going to be a great one, and I I do. I think actually as as healthy as we're getting to be right now, and um. With where we've been sitting for this long, yeah, I'd, I'd say we should probably be favored by a couple points against these guys. Um, we'll see how Vegas feels about all of it soon, but yeah, right, right, uh, yeah. You, uh, what, they, do, what do you think? Do you think we uh, should be? Yeah, I, I tend to just because of the, how hot the Nuggets have been at home. Uh, yeah, that's that's they basically. Uh, what, what is it? They haven't lost at home since November. So Eight, eighteen and three is it now? Yeah, I is think right? so. I think so. Yeah, which is so. Well, you know, which is crazy though, because that fifty-seven win team they only lost three games at home all season. So uh, gives it gives yeah. you a, shows you what they're still up against. Well, uh, they they rattled games. off a they they rattled off something like a I can't remember fifteen or seventeen game streak like. It was something like that, right yeah. after the right after the All Star break, and right. so they they really just poured it on when when it got crazy. So you know, I, I could see this team definitely having a pretty similar second half at home anyway. So I, I think we'll be up there. Let me ask you this, Mike. You uh, so you got you got these home games. You're on this home streak right away. Let's say uh, you get the win uh, against the Warriors. We just saw them have the slip up game against Phoenix. Is there, do you have any concern about them against Chicago or Cleveland having a, uh, you know, having a, a let down game, if you will, against one of those two teams? You know, um, I, I, boy, I, I still worry pretty much on a nightly basis, but I think that's just because that's, that's a part of my, uh, mm-hmm. mental makeup, my friend. Right. Um, but, but I also think it's because, um, you know, people are tired of hearing about this being a young team and I get that, but we really are talking about just crossing a threshold here, right? Um, the fact that these close games that we narrowly lost for the last couple of years are now close games that we narrowly win, you know, it, it really, it really is that one percent more that we're giving that's getting us over that hump, but it isn't going to take much to mess up that little margin that's gotten us past that now. And so, yeah, I think, you know, we are definitely we we can't have the mental letdown, and we're still young enough that you know I, I think everybody understands an eighty-two game season now, but it's it's a grind, and we're going to have to really stay mentally strong because that's what's gotten us over the hump so far. Right. I um I tend to agree. The other thing I think is it's it's the one the Nuggets have had you know what I was saying um with uh with Mark there was this wasn't the first time we've seen the Nuggets drop a game against a uh, a lousy team. They did that against uh, Atlanta back in the beginning of December, uh, if you'll remember. But yeah. the, the both of those games were uh, that one and the Phoenix game. They're both on the road, sort of in weird kind of weird, quirky uh, scheduling 
uh, times, you know, if the, the Atlanta game was at the end of a, a, a long road trip the and was on a back-to-back, the Phoenix game, of course, is in this weird kind of five games and seven nights stretch. Uh, the other thing that is really working on their favor is, like, I mean, Cleveland and Chicago are really, really bad. I mean, they're just bad basketball yeah. teams. I, I, yeah. Cleveland, I don't think Cleveland's, like, won a game since, you know, before Christmas. Uh, so well, and and the other upside, I mean, to to your point, those those were the types of games that the Nuggets of the last couple seasons would lose in handfuls, right? Where you'd you'd have too many of those types of letdowns, and and you've heard the team talk about those a lot this year, and and every time they happen this season, and and man, they happen for everybody. You know, the 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 Chicago Bulls team, I think that went seventy two and ten, lost to the lowly Nuggets that year. Man, <laughs> right. you you lose to a crappy team on the road sometimes. It just it, it happens but but you know um this team seems to take it personally and i remember specifically after both of those losses this this phoenix loss and the atlanta loss you were talking about in december um specifically Jokic as the leader of the team took those very personally he came out in both right. of the next games and really he put it on the guys he was playing against and he had a he had a hell of a night tonight and and it's good to see because he he sets the tone, you know, he sets the example and, and people are following along. It's, it's good to see he's, he's stepping up. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, um, you know, it's when this team's at home now, they, they have a very, just like I was kind of saying before, uh, they just kind of take care of business, uh, demeanor. I think they've, they've, they've found their routine. They found, you know, their comfort zone at home. They know what they have to do to, to win games. They know what, you know, what it takes, uh, to win games night in night out, and, it, and it's very easy for them to do when they're all uh, when they're all sleeping in their own beds at night. So, I, I it's tough for them to like. I, that's why I don't think you see a, a, a bad team sneak up on them uh, on on a home game like this, especially too when they're going to get you know they're going to get some time. It's going to be uh, what they'll play Tuesday, Thursday, and then I think Saturday. So uh, they get they get a day's rest in between. You know they'll probably get in a chance to get in some practice. Uh, this week, so I, I I would think they 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 probably uh don't have too much chance of of dropping either one of those games, but uh you never know we could be we could be on here next week saying ah <laughs> what's going on yeah <laughs> sky is falling no no I I look I mean I I don't know are we gonna keep the number one seed the in the West the rest of the season I I'd I'd be I'd be impressed, and they've already kept it longer than I thought they might. Right. But you know, it—I really, at, at least for me, I'll, I'll go back. I, as long as we're not sitting in fifth by the time the season now is wrapped up, I'm I'm pretty happy. And, and if you'd have told me at the beginning of the season we'd have home court advantage, I think most Nuggets fans would have been pretty flipping thrilled. Yeah, so, every single person well, would have taken that. Yeah. Every single yeah. person. So we'll see. So yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um. So I guess one more thing. I guess it, would you would say before we get out of here, I want I want to talk quick because the All Star Game is coming up here in about well, about a month away. Um, do you think? I guess the first thing, Mike, is Nicole Jokic. I mean, he's pretty much a shoe in, right? Maybe not as I, not I, as a starter, but but he's definitely getting in. I, I mean, you know, uh, I I've felt before as if people should have gotten in from the team that have not um but right. if if he's not in um i i definitely would would appreciate a thoughtful explanation because um he's done he's done everything i could think of to make himself uh hugely qualified for this and and i've <laughs> i've set alarms every day nuggets nuggets fans uh you know 
everybody out there set your alarms man vote for this guy he is he is uh worthy and he's he's doing um, everything to make this team uh what it is right now and and deserves to get that kind of recognition right what about right. you no, I um, is he a I shoo-in? think he no, nah, he should. He's an absolute shoe, and he's there's no doubt um that he should he should make the uh, uh the team. The one thing I was checking real quick, I was trying to figure out is how are the reserves actually picked? Uh, yeah, so it's um it's by each of the head coaches in the conference. Okay, I couldn't, I didn't know if it was like I thought it might be. Isn't it in in baseball? Right, the uh, it used to be like the the. Uh, the managers of whoever the all-star managers were got to pick uh, or something like that. Like the, the last guy. So I don't know. I was wondering if that was the same. Cause I was like, you know, cause I know the, the, the coaching, uh, the potential other all-star here in the, uh, in the, on the nuggets is actually the coaching staff because right, exactly. uh, there's a good chance <laughs> that they, that they get, if they're the number one seed going into like going two weeks before the game, then uh, they end up getting to be the coaching staff. And I was like, if they, if it's actually the actual all-star coaching staff who gets the pick, uh, the reserves. I was like, he's definitely shooting. Then hey, you, you gotta, you gotta think. Then it makes him a pretty uh, simple choice. I actually, th- this is this is kind of weird to say um, because I would absolutely love our coaching staff to have that honor, but I don't want to hear somebody saying that Jokic got in because his coaches decided to pick him. I, I, right. He deserves it, and I sure hope it's. I sure hope there's none of that type of noise when it happens. So, right. Well, like I said, luckily it, it's actually the the all the coaches to vote between. I guess the coaches of the Western Conference. Got it. Uh, yes. So I and then I would. I still think he's going to be a shooing because he's just you know. Uh, he's been murdering all the coaches in the Western Conference all season long. So. <laughs> really has. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, um, and I, I really believe that uh, once some of these guys get a chance to play with him, some of these All Stars, um, I think he's going to start making regular appearances just because. Uh, God, he's so fun to play with. He he makes guys better who haven't played with him ever. That's that's going to be cool to watch. You know, no doubt. You know the uh, the thing. So we saw that we saw tonight. We saw that uh, Jokic Plumley two man game, uh, which is the, old, <laughs> the old five five two man game, just like yeah. they draw it up. Uh, but what it got me thinking was in the All Star game. I was like, you know, what? that makes me really want to see the uh, what what is the Jokic Lebron two man game uh, oh. look like? You know, that will be filthy. Be right. filthy, yeah. Right. Just be that'd be a lot of fun, yeah. I, I think those two would have a great time. Um, you know, I'd actually have to, I'd have to think watching. Um, you know, although it would be your more typical uh, PNR game, I think watching Steph and Joker uh, play a little pick and roll would be pretty, pretty fun game. So, yeah, very cool. There you go. All right, we'll tell you what that. Uh, I think that's a good spot. We will go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, make sure you guys are all following us on Twitter. I am at Zach Mikosh. Mike is at Visible Mike. Uh, Mark's not on Twitter. I tell you what, the best way since Mark's not around, uh, I'll let you know the best way to get a hold of him is just you know cause some trouble in the comment section, and then he'll uh, he'll be sure to check. Oh, he's gonna there. he's gonna love you for that. <laughs> he's he's gonna give you a big hug for that one for sure. <laughs> uh, don't do that. Don't actually do that for Mark. He's got the he's got the toughest job on staff. Um, yeah, true. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thank you. Seriously. Thank you, Mark. Um, we are uh, also, you know, at Denver Stiffs and on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Make sure you're also following us on Facebook and on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel over there. 
as well as the Denver Scriffs, the Denver Stiffs podcast channel. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much to get through. It's just so hard. It's a lot. Of, it's uh, there's a lot. There's a lot there, man. No, no, but yeah, follow the uh, follow the Denver Stiffs podcast channel uh, <laughs> or subscribe to it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you are getting your podcasts at. If you are whatever not finding it. Uh, for some reason where you normally get your podcast, let me know. It's most likely I forgot to hit the publish button, but uh, there could also be something else going on. Uh, so just let us know. We'll get you taken care of. But if you guys do uh, listen there and subscribe and leave a rating, we would uh, greatly appreciate it. All right, Mr. Mike, appreciate you being on, sir. Thank you, Zach. Sure appreciate your time. This is always fun. Go Nuggets. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. I have hit record. You 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 tell me when you're ready and uh I'll just start following your lead because I don't know what we're talking about today, so Listen, I won't keep up.